Alright, so last week we spoke about Ashrei Oshvevetecha, the entire Mizmar in its entirety. We, took, we basically did an overview of the concepts of Ashrei. Um, we looked at the history and of the halachot, of the text, why we say three times a day. The Gemara, we looked at some uh, ideas of the Zohar with the Kavana, and basically we delved into an, an overview of Ashrei. Now, as we saw last week, it's one of the most important, um, what do you call it, Psukei de Zimra. According to some of the Rishonim, it's the reason the rest of the Psukei Zimra were actually um, from the from Ashrei, from Tilal David, all the way to the end of Tilim, might have actually been put into Psukei de Zimra simply because of Ashrei. So arguably, Ashrei is one of the most important, if not the most important, uh, Mizmar in Pesukei de Zimra. So it would be injustice not to, an injustice, not to um, go through the text of Ashrei itself and to analyze the text and to stop and to think about Ashrei. Now, to do that, we're going to have to look at some of the Mefarshim on Ashrei, um, just to look at the Pesukim more deeply. Of all the Mefarshim on Ashrei, there's, there are two Mefarshim that stand out. There are, there are two of them which stand out. There's the Malbim and the Rokeach. Now, the, the Rokeach, one of the Rishonim, Rabbi Elazar from Worms, he has about 30 pages on Ashrei. No joke. And it's mixed between Kabbalah and, and, and Remez and Sod and, and, and Pirush. And it's very difficult to get through the whole thing. It would probably take us many nights to get through it. So I figured the Rokeach wasn't an option. The rest of the Nosei Kelim, like you have Rashi, Radak, and everybody else, generally they're very low-key. They explain the words, they explain the general idea, they explain the poetry, but they don't actually spend time um, on the ideas. The only uh, one of the Mifarshim who spends time on the ideas is the Malbim. The Malbim stopped and thought about, about Ashrei, and he wrote about Ashrei and thought about it deeply. So I, tonight I think we're going to have an emphasis in going through Ashrei um, according to the Pirush of the Malbim. And we're also going to intersperse other things, but primarily we're going to be following the Pirush of Malbim on, on, on Ashrei. Anybody who's listening can obviously pull out a Mikrat HaGadolot in Nach and Oranti Elim, and you'll be able to follow along. Uh, and, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, <laughs> then we'll, we'll catch you at another Shior. But Bezat Hashem, it, I think it'll be very interesting. So, First of all, just to recap a simple idea. Ashrei in the Sidur begins with the Pesukim. Ashrei Yoshvei Techa, Odi Halulcha Sela, Ashrei Ha'am Shekachalo, Ashrei Ha'am Shehashem Elokav. Two Pesukim. One comes from Pasuk, from Perak Pei Dalit. The other comes from Perak Kuf Mem Dalit, which is the one right before Tilal David. Now, the Hasidei Ashkenaz understood these two Pesukim as uh, a bit of a continuation of Yehi Chavod. As still as if they were part of Yichavod, but they also agree that it's fundamentally called Ashrei, that the entire Tilad David is called Ashrei, the Gemara calls it Ashrei. It's just interesting that their understanding of it is a continuation of Yichavod, and it could be for Kabbalistic reasons, as we saw um, in the, uh, in, uh, I believe it was the Benishchai, he says by Yichavod, the last three psukim of Yichavod are connected to the first three psukim of Ashrei, Kabbalistically, and you can't make a hefsek. So that might be why they're saying that these are connected to Yichavod, but fundamentally, Ashrei is an introduction. Those three Pesukim are an introduction 
to the rest of Tehillah David. And for the details of why that happened and when, you could always reference last week's uh, shiur and the recording. Now, the first pasuk of Asher Shevetecha Odiulachasela, that pasuk means fortunate are those, uh, you guys have the English in front of you, I actually don't, uh, who dwell in your, in your houses. That is referring to those who are, have, the, have the merit to um, fortunate enough to spend time in Batei Medrashot and learn Torah like we're doing now, or in Batei Knesiot and Davin. It's also the source for why we, um, why we say, the Gemara learns out from here that we, we uh, say Pesukei de Zimrav, we say Shvach before we pray from this Pasuk, just like the Hasidim Shonim, the, the early pious ones who would meditate for an hour before Tefillah. The next Pasuk of Ashrei Ha'am Shekachalo, Ashrei Ha'am Shashem Alokav. This is a fascinating Pasuk. Because in the Tehillim, when you look at the Mefarshim Tehillim, they learn these Pesukim, which are the last Pesukim of, the last Pasuk of Parakuf Mandalid, is, Ashri Amshakahalo, blessed is the nation to, to whom, the, the, to whom uh, is such a lot. Ashri Amshashem Alokav, blessed is the nation which uh, Hashem is their God. So they see both of these as praises, that this is just David HaMelech singing and praising, that uh, uh, praised be, basically. Now, if you read earlier in Kufmem Dalid, the, the um, reason all the Mepharshim learn that Ashem Shekachalo is part of the praises because they interpret the previous Pesukim also as praises. All of the Pesukim uh, up until, uh, I believe, yeah, from Yudbeis all the way to Tetvav, are praises. So what happens there that they that they interpret this as a praise? It says, "Pitzeni v'atzileni miyad b'nei nechar pasuk yiralef in in kufmemhei. Save me from all the the foreigners. Asher pihem di ber shavi minam yimin shaker, whose mouths are full of uh, futility and and the right hand is falsehood." And then the pasuk in your base continues, and it says, "I'm sorry that you don't have it in front of you, but it's here in front of me." Asher banenu kintiim egudalim. And now they, they interpret the word Asher as for our because, in other words, because our sons, um, sorry, one second, for our sons are, are grown like, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, have, grown, have grown like uh, strong trees or strong, uh, what's the word? Uh, saplings, our daughters are like uh, stones fashioned for a palace. Our our storehouses, the corners of our storehouses are filled. All of these pesukim, David Melech is learning as a praise that weak Bnei Israel. Um, David Melech is reflexively praising Bnei Israel that we don't need these uh, Bnei Nechar. We don't need these foreign people. But if you look at the Hasidic Ashkenaz. They interpret interpret Asher not as uh, because or for that. They interpret it as that say, meaning or it's a continuation of Pasuk Yudalif. So Pasuk Yudalif said that that the that the foreign people are saying the Shav and the right hand is Sheker. So Pasuk Yudbeis is what they are saying. Pasuk Yudbeis is. They're trying to attract Bnei Israel, like the Greeks or the Romans, saying, come to us. Our sons are, be- are beautiful. Our daughters are beautiful. Our fortresses, we have plenty of, of grain in our stockhouses. We have, we have uh, cities which are, are uh, what do you call it, are fortified. There is no wailing and, and no cries in our street. 
Ashrei Ha'am Shekachalo is still the words of, of the B'nai Nechar, is still the words of the foreigners. They're saying, Ashrei Ha'am Shekachalo. And the response, Ashrei Ha'am Shehashem Elokav, is the response of B'nai Yisrael. So the B'nai Yisrael are saying, no, Ashrei Ha'am Shehashem Elokav, it's a defiant response. This is how they learn the Pesukim. Now, if you look at it poetically, it's kind of a stretch, but if you look at the Asher, it's also a strange continuation. So there's this divide between the Rishonim exactly how to learn this Pasuk, but there, I thought it was fascinating that there's another way of learning Asheram Shekachalo, that Asheram Shekachalo is not David Israel, David praising B'nai Israel. It is the B'nai Nechar trying to attract B'nai Israel and telling them, oh, look at our nation, how great we are, to that B'nai Israel defiantly says, no, Asheram Shashem Alokav, that praises the nation that God, Hashem is their God, not that they have uh, riches and material wealth and things like that. So <coughs> that's a very interesting idea. The Rokeach points out, Shekacha is Gematria Moshe. And he says, Praised is the nation who is lucky enough to have a leader who is like Moshe Rabbeinu. I thought that was very interesting. Okay, Tihilale David, the first Pasuk of Kuf Memhei. Um, you, do you mind if I trade with you the English so that they, these people have pre-thought all the English for me so I don't have to parse in my head? <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, so Tilal David, a praise composed by David. I shall exalt you, my God, my King. And I shall bless your name forever and ever. Tehillah um, means a praise. And the Rishonim point out that it's called a tilah, a praise, because it comes from the word of Hallel. And because the next ones are, are going to be, all the next uh, Mizmorim are going to be called Hallel, we begin with tihilah. This is one of the few times such a word is ever used. Now, tihilah is also Bigimatriah, I think, 450. Am I right? Tehillah, 450. And the Rokeach points out that... Um, there's 150 words in Ashrei from the word Aramimcha until the end. So from the word Aramimcha after Tilal David until the, the last Pasuk of Kuf Memhei, there's 150 words. And we say it three times a day. That's 450, and that's Bigamatria Tehillah. Why he says that, what that means more deeply, I don't know. Tehillah is 440. 440, are you sure? With a Yud. Tehillah is a Yud. There's actually, it says in the, in the Sidur, you'll see Tuf He. Lamed Hey doesn't have a Yud, but the, there's a Ketiv and a Kri. In the actual Sefer Tehillim, it's written with a Yud. I don't know why, but that's that's why it's done. Okay. So that's for Tehillah. It could be he's alluding to, to the Zohar about the, the word Tehillah and how it represents Malchut, or, but I don't know enough about that meditation to, to really, that's speculation. I don't know. Okay. So now, now we're going to jump much more into the Malbim, and we're going to go pasuk by pasuk. I tried to embolden, um, embolden most of the stuff which was um, which was part of the actual uh, pasuk. The, the Malbim has a fascination, seems to have a fascination with two ideas. Number one is the is-does distinction. We've discussed this many times, that there's a difference between the way we speak about God um, we can only speak about him in terms of what he is instead of in terms of what, uh, sorry, we can only speak about him in terms of what he does rather in terms of what he is because Hashem's actual atzmiut, his essence, is not knowable, not perceivable, and not relatable to humans. We never speak about God 
in terms of what he is. We always speak about Hashem in terms of what he does. We speak about his ma'asim. And in this lens, the Malbim begins, he begins with, with uh, two lenses. This is the first lens he begins Ashrei with. The second lens he begins with is the difference between transcendence and imminence. Uh, imminence with an I. I-M-M-A-N-E-N-C-E. So the difference between transcendence and imminence is the two theological ways of seeing Hashem. One way is to see Hashem as close by, imminent, personal, that Hashem is here in this world with us as close as possible at all times. The other way, seeing God as transcendent, is to see Him as being aloof, goodbye, away, in Shemayim, not really related to our world. Um, this is the paradox of all deeper theology, is how do you resolve this paradox of both, both a transcendent and an, and an imminent, imminent God, but we believe in Judaism strongly in this duality that there's both that Hashem is both transcendent and imminent at the same time. So this second idea is another idea which seems to fascinate the Malbim, and this is what the, the lens is in which he begins to explain Ashrei with. It could be that because this shear actually um, began with these ideas, it really embodied uh, some of the core ideas of what a, what a Mizmor is and a praise is. David HaMelech really sets down the rules here for what an appropriate praise of Hashem is and what the proper way for doing that for doing that is. As we discussed in the first or second shiur about all these different ways, uh, rules for how to praise Hashem without, God forbid, making a mistake or saying things that are inappropriate about, appropriate about Hashem or describing His essence instead of His actions. Okay, so let's see the Malbim. Aromimcha lokaya melech. says the Malbim on your, on your sheet. <clears throat> Hashem ne'elam mitzad atzmo. Hashem is hidden from his essence, v'negla mitzad pulotav, and however he is revealed through his actions. V'haromimut, and his loftiness, his transcendence, hu minatzad shehu mitromim v'neelam in ha'asaga. Hashem's, Hashem's uh, greatness, his uh, romimut, or awesomeness, is through is from the fact that he's transcendent and above our understanding. V'amar, and David Melch says, sh'ata elokai mitzad atzmecha miromim mikol bracha otila. That you, my God, are from your essence, higher than any form of praise. Ulam, however, avarecha shimcha. I will um, praise your name, shemitzat shimcha. This is, the, in other words, the first part of the sukkah says, and it continues with, avarecha shimcha lo'olam ve'ed. Why? Because shemitzat shimcha shu'a pirsum shenitzfar semet la'yedei anaga mitzad zevarechecha. Because from the angle, the, the perspective of your name, which is, the uh, pirsum, the um, what's the word, the uh, public pu- uh, public publicization or something uh, through uh, your uh, your behavior towards the world. from your actions, I shall bless you. And the Parameters of blessing are the shefa that Hashem brings into this world through His righteousness, to, to this lower world, and you, Hashem, are the source of, of, of righteousness. Even though we're going to consider Him like a king who is hidden from us, and at the same time, and from all His servants, and at the same time, we are going to, from we believe strongly that from Him came all the blessing, and for us it is to um, to recognize that and to bless him. Bichol yom avarachecha. The next pasuk. Ratzel Omar v'habrachazot he metzmedet u'mechadeshet bichol yom ki mechadesh bichol yom maaseh b'rishit u'morid brachah chadasha. That the pasuk means to say with bichol yom avarachecha 
that every day at all times bracha is constant and it's and it's renewing every day as we know as we know the pasuk says uh, not pasuk sorry the tefillah says because of I shall praise your name forever and ever. You can only uh, give tila from the tza, from the perspective of Hashem's bracha. And just as your bracha renews forever, so too will our praise renew forever. That's how he understands the pasuk. Says the Malbim that when you say gadol Hashem, you mean when you say greatness in the pasuk, at least in a derech apshat. That means that Hashem is the prime cause, the first, the uh, prime contingent. And He is the last cause and the last contingent, and He's also going to be the last thing that ever lived. For everything is from Him. And from that, He is uh, exceedingly praised. However, even though Hashem is exceedingly praised and he's gadol, still there is no measure to his greatness. No logical inference, no mathematics, no numbers in the world can possibly measure how Hashem's greatness is. The more we investigate into Hashem's greatness, the more we know that we don't know. This is a, you know, a common... Uh, thing that wise people say is they know how much they actually don't know. In the same way that the philosophers say, I think he means uh, philosophers here when he says Chokrim or the scientists, that um, all the, this is a philosophical terminology that he's using, that all the praises or expressions of attributes of God that we use are what's called non-necessary um, uh, causes or uh, effects, non-necessary effects, which is just a philosophical way of saying that these attributes of God have no bearing on His actual essence. Virak, dor This is a fundamental point. We go from ulugdulato I'm sorry. We say that we cannot investigate Hashem's greatness. Rather, rather, instead of investigating Hashem's essence and investigating His greatness, instead we're going to be His actions. This is, again, this lens of the Izda's distinction. And he, and he spells it out. Only through Hashem's actions is he um, recognizable. There's a difference between the word shvach and tila. When you're saying shvach, it's like mashpiach, where something appreciates or it gets worth more value. So when you pray something, it's that you're saying that something new here, something more here is coming. Now, just to explain these words, the Malbim lived in the 19th century. He was much lives in Achon, lived in the, in, the, in, the, in the 1800s. He was a Rav in Europe and Romania. Already in his time, he's saying, what he's saying here 
is that shvach is the kind of praise which gets greater every time we say it. And he brings a, a, he brings a wonderful example just from nature and science. He says every generation, scientists learn more and more about the world, and they get more and more secrets about how the teva and the nature works and how Hashem unraveled everything. So every generation that passes by, we have more to praise God about. Every generation that goes by, we see more of Hashem's wonders. And that's what it means, Dor Ladori Shabach Masecha. It uses language of Shvach, which is um, accumulate, uh, acu- acu- uh, accumulative praise, which is going to get greater every generation, both because we see more and more depth into Hashem's creation, and also obviously because we see more and more miracles of history in the past. And for that, he, resp- he also adds, besides for, what Hash- for how they're going to praise Hashem's actions in nature, which he created in, uh, by creation, we're also going to speak about the wonders that Hashem did and all the nisim that he did for our fathers, grandfathers, and all those people. Every generation we can look at history with a new eye and gain more appreciation for, we could gain even more appreciation for all the things Hashem did in 2020 because hindsight is always 2020 and with history we could see more and more about Hashem's uh, greatness. Hadar Kavod Hodecha so this is the next pasuk. Uh, he 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 uh, points out that hadar and hod are two different uh, things. Like hod is internal uh, in, internal glory, and hadar, I believe, is external glory. So let's just read this. Neged mas shekatu shebnei adarot yasigu hasagad hadarga mitalel mashpia pokolit b'masecha tiviim vegidu agadach hadasham minigvuratecha. Amar avalani ben hadar kvod. Uh, he says that based on this theme that we're going to praise Hashem both for the nature and for the non-nature and for the miracles that he did. So for this, the next pasuk says, Hadar kivod hodecha, that we shall thank you for, or we shall glorify you through your kavod, that is through nature. niflotecha, but your wonders, which is the miracles you did, that's asicha. I'm going to make that, he says, sicha is something which is already common on your tongue. We're, we're Jews and we're, it's very common for us to just say, Baruch Hashem, Bezrat Hashem. For us, it's a very important thing to say and to speak about Hashem's wonders and to speak about them um, almost, uh, I don't want to use the word banally, but like um, uh, matter-of-factly. That when we speak about Hashem, Asicha means it's regular, normal speech between people. When we speak about Hashem's greatness and Hashem's wonders, it should always be, um, He's praising Hashem by saying that when we speak of your greatness, it'll be so pashuta, so it'll be so matter-of-fact that that's how we speak. And he points out, because Hod is more internal than Hadar. This is the Pasuk of Barchinafshi, the, the Parak of Barchinafshi. It's a very hidden concepts, but it says that Hashem wore Hod and Hadar. So the laws of nature, which are apparent to us, those are called hadar because those are external, external glorifications of Hashem. So those are teva. Those are the ways that we can actually perceive Hashem. Beneath the nature, uh, at, a, at a more quote-unquote quantum level, at a deeper uh, place, 
those have a um, have a more secret and awesome uh, uh, what's the word uh, glory to them. Fine. Um, so the next pasuk is Be'ezuzno Techi Amedu Udulatecha Asaprena. David Amalek is saying here, according to the Malbim, that there's a difference between how I see the world and how normal people see the world. Says the Malbim. Be'ezuz, Amar Od, Hevdel Ben Hasagato, Ben Hasagat Rov Ben Adam Hamonim, Shehemi Omruno Ratecha. Normal people, says David Amalek, are going to talk, speak about your awesomeness or the wonders you do. All the wonders you did to punish all those who try to rebel against you. Like the Makot Mitzrayim and Korach, etc. Those are uh, the might of, of those awesomeness. Because the normal, the masses are going to see that as the awesomeness of, of God, as a vengeful God or as a powerful God. But me, says David Amelech. However, I am going to speak of your, I'm going to be misaper of your greatness. I'm going to speak of you not from a, from a, from a perspective of a vengeful God, not from the perspective of a, of, of a, of a negative God. We're going to speak of you, and when I praise you, we're going to speak of you from the perspective of your greatness. Gidulah, whenever we say the word Gidulah, its shoresh, its root, is in Midat HaChesed, the attribute of, of loving kindness of Hashem. And the greatness to benefit those who love His name. So the next pasu continues, that everyone's going to uh, recognize your greatness, that you are a benevolent God. And he points out philosophically a little here that, that, that all of your, um, even your mighty actions are done through goodness and not through evil. And all of your righteousness we are going to sing joyously. Uh, let me just skip. Right, okay. And even the things that you do, um, what do you call it? Which are, um, what do you call it? Are, which might be more from mishpat oriented, those are coming from righteousness. For Hashem is, is, is merciful and graceful. And all his actions are from grace and mercy. And even when Hashem punishes the, 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 the wicked, he is still patient. He doesn't, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't punish right away. And he's still loving and kind and kind if they uh, will do Teshuvah. Hashem Hashem is not like a king of flesh and blood, who is good to his servants, and he's evil and wicked to anybody who rebels against him. That's a very, uh, you know, dated way of seeing Hashem. Hashem is not a vengeful God who's going to punish you if you, if you, if you do bad because he has some sort of, uh, you know, vendetta against all those who dare disobey his word. Hashem is good even to those who are wicked. Hashem is constantly looking for ways to bring those who are wicked to repentance. And Hashem has mercy on all of His creations. He doesn't want that they should be destroyed. He rather it continually looks for ways that they should survive. 
Yoducha Hashem Kama Secha Bachasidecha Yerane Ivarchucha. Right? That all of Hashem's creations are going to praise Him. He explains, Hashem made everything with a good purpose, and he's, He has His providence on them, and there is no evil in in existence that comes from Hashem. Those who are re- who are pious and they do things that are that are uh, further than they are required. Those people are going to receive bracha. means and those people are going to be able to praise you because they are going to receive biracha. It's interesting that he has this. Uh, he has this uh, point here, which he pointed out that there's no evil from Hashem, even atrophy. He's he's pointing out that there's a there's a there's a there's a common problem in seeing that uh, I think entropy right is the word I'm looking for that there's a problem when we see the the world when we look at the world when we zoom out we see so much entropy we see Hashem created what what the Midrash calls biradoleket Hashem created a burning palace He created a universe which might be beautiful but at its core at every level there's entropy there's some sort of constant power of deterioration there's a constant Force which allows humanity, uh, society, which allows uh, planet Earth itself, which allows our universe to kind of break down and deteriorate and destroy itself. This is one of the problems that Avraham Avinu had. Biradoleket. What is this burning palace? Why, who created this world which is just eating itself alive? And until Hashem, the Midrash says, came around from behind the palace and said, "It is I." Uh, who built this uh, palace and I who wished to see it burn, Avraham Avinu did not understand how it could be possible. He said, is there a, is there a palace without, a, without, a, uh, without an owner? Could there be a, a palace without an owner? So Avraham Avinu was convinced theologically that there must be a creator because a beautiful palace was built and it was intentionally built and you could see that it was a palace that was built and yet at the same time it was burning. It was a kind of a paradox that he couldn't understand. So for this, he points out that even entropy, entrop- I think the word I'm looking for is entropy or atrophy, is, um, is designed in the nature, and that's not ra b'mitziut Hashem. That is not evil. That is actually a form of Hashem's good, and it's part of the design of the universe. Exactly how that works is its own bucket of, of, <laughs> of uh, the problem of evil, of exactly how that works, why that works. Okay. The hodia. Um... Okay, my, my watch thinks I just took 12,000 steps. All right. Lehodia, Sheirok, that's funny. Kibod Malchutcha Yomeru, Vachasidim Ha'ela Yomru Tamid Kibod Malchutcha, Shuhu Sipur Ma'asav, Hakvim Kithian Hagat Hivit, Shiyasad Mereshit Kedumim, Shu Kibod Malchuto, Shibazay and Hikamelchan Ohera Pichukeateva, that the righteous and the pious are going to praise Hashem through the glory of his sovereignty. The Gam. Sovereignty, whatever you pronounce it. That Hashem breaks the teva. They will speak of your might. This is part of their speech that Hashem breaks the teva. The Malbim sees Hashem breaking the teva as mightiness. It's basically measuring or apportioning kivod machuto. Yomru lehodiel vnei adam kivod adam machuto. Gratachayad debeil lehodiel vnei bratav. Ratzalomar, what it's trying to say is mashi yomru kivod machuto enu misad ki eshechol biad adam asafer gvurat Hashem utilato. What the reason for the pasuk of lehodiak and is following the pasuk of kivod machuto is to tell you that beetsem there's no really there's no way for us 
to speak of Hashem's greatness and His praise. Who's going to speak of Hashem's praise? Why does Hashem uh, do great things? Why does Hashem, um, uh, what's the word? Show us kivod machuto in the world at all. That's lehodet. That why does he? Sorry, showed kivod machuto to his chasidim. That is lehodia levnei adam gvuratav in order to teach the masses uh, his might. Kimel Hashem gvurot v'iyashal asig machuto gvurato meuma rakzeyasu kidei lehodia levnei adam gvuratav. The reason the righteous will do this is in order to um, to teach and to speak of of his might. Shlo yagidu agvurot k'moshim be'etzem alokut shezenim nahas lagar kavia zagav b'nei adam ben gvurat avshu mashiyase negad teva ben kavod adam achodov b'merechat teva asher alach shem chelo hagadol shem lo chalayim aval shem mitzad mitzad asmo iyashel letaro kavim mashiyasafru mimenu lo ba'anagat olamo kavia teva shezenikam achuto. Fine. So basically, I sorry if I read that quickly, but the idea is that the Hasidim are going to make make it their job to recognize Hashem's kavod malchut, the glory of his of his sovereignty. And why are they going to be able to recognize the glory of Hashem's sovereignty? They're going to be able to recognize that glory in order so that they could be lehodia levnei adam That's how he understands the next the next pasuk. Because the Hasidim are responsible. Anybody who is closer to God is responsible to teach God's greatness to the masses. Lehodia levnei adam especially to the masses who can't readily understand God's greatness. That's his idea. Um, <coughs> Let's see. Machutcha, machutcha, lamim. He just repeats over here. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is the another pasuk about malchut. Shatam alecha lamim in maspar that Hashem reigns over infinite universes. Bukulam isata milchatcha vehanatcha hakavua v'zeishas shenasig masadur biyamein. So impossible for us to contemplate the limited uh, infinity of the universes that Hashem created and He reigns over. V'chein lo behanakatol kifiyah pilaot v'shidu da teva shezenik ramem shalto. Neither can we. Contemplate Hashem's Hanagah on the Teva, his, his actions in the Teva. And when he breaks the Teva, all these things are called Memshalto. Why is it called a Memshalah? Because we know there's a difference between a Melech and a Moshel. A Melech is somebody who reigns with the consent of the people. A Moshel is a tyrant. There's anybody who reigns against the will of the people. So when Hashem reigns and he, and, he, and he runs nature according to the rules he set, he's a Melech. That's Malchut. When Hashem breaks it, that's Moshel. That's a tyrant mode. When Hashem decides to split the sea, that's mem shalto. So when it says machutcha, machut kolamim, ki mem shaltcha bechol davar it's alluding to these two aspects. Hashem, as he uh, run, as he runs the world in a in a uh, transcendent way, when he runs the world from above nature kind of way, and from the and for Hashem, and when he runs the world in, a, in an imminent way, from when he runs the world through the the rules of teva. That's those two ideas. I'm going to skip those, those words over there. It says the Malbum a very important idea. That true greatness, and we see this in the human realm as well, true greatness is caring for the, for the small. Is caring for, be, no matter how great you are, you still care for the little ones. You still look down at even the smallest, tiniest things and you care for those. That's when we say that his true greatness is that he upholds those who are falling. Even though they might have bad fortune, Hashem still is Though he uprights all the bent, those who are who even bend themselves, Hashem still raises their posture, he helps them. That Hashem lifts them up, as the Pasuk says. 
Enekol. So now here comes an interesting part. And the following pasuk is So there's two interesting points here. First, the Malbim differentiates between two ideas. The first pasuk has an idea of that Hashem was. Um, uh, it says That's one point. Hashem gives all living things their food, right, at the right time. The next pasuk seems redundant. It says, It says also the same idea. So he says, no, that these are two, two different ideas. This, the first idea is, one, is Hashem will often give mazon to people exactly how much they need, the se- and, but the second idea, is that Hashem will give to his creation sometimes as much as they want or more. So these are two different hanhagot, two different um, uh, behaviors, so to speak, of Hashem, two different uh, ways or modus operandi that he could that he could run uh, the world. Let me see here if that's worth going doing inside. And he also points out, you know, let's not read it in Hebrew; we'll just read it outside. He basically points out that in his reading, ratzon um, means that the ratzon is what's Hashem. Meaning that that's how he reads it. That the ratzon goes back in the that ratzon is this will, both most likely of the people or of Hashem, is what um, causes Hashem to, it says, you open your hand and you satiate all must be and you satiate all living things, ratzon, with desire. Could also not necessarily mean the desire of the people, but ratzon will. Ratzon itself, Hashem's will, capital W, is what actually causes the poteach etiadecha. The ratzon is the operative here. Okay. Sadiq Hashem called Rachab, Darkeh Anagahim Bitzedek, Shahagam Shish Sadiq Viral over Ashavatovlo. The first of all, what he's saying is, first of all, Hashem is righteous and he treats all with righteousness. Whether it's Sadiq Viralo or Rashavitovlo, whether it's good happening to a bad person, bad happening to a good person. And Hasid Hashem, Vechasid Bechomasav, and everything that he does, this is a continuation of the same idea, is also from Midata Chesed, never from, a, from an evil uh, place, Chasr Shalom. Karov Hashem Lakol Karav Hashem is close to all those who call to him in truth. This is a very beautiful pasuk, it's really repeated often. Hashem is close to all those who call out to him, to all those who call out to, call out to him in truth. Says the Malbim, It brings another raya, another proof to the to Hashem's providence because he's close to all those who call out to him through prayer. However, only, however, only if they call out to God truthfully, below Levalev, not with uh, two hearts, not with like uh, vested interests. Fascinating idea. Says, even though Hashem listens to all those who call to Him, there are still different levels in the quality of those who call to Him, meaning levels of those who serve God out of love, 
and those levels of those who serve God out of awe. Vishnei Devarim. First of all, ki ratzon arei aviyase, v'etzavatam yishma v'yoshiyem. Meaning, the first idea is that Hashem is going to do the ratzon of his yireyav, those who fear him, at shavatam yishma v'yoshiyem. Rak achar sheshuol yishua. Those, after they call out, then Hashem is, um, is going to answer them. Aval shomer Hashem et Meaning, this is why the Pesukim are two, Ratzon Hashem el Choyav, Vet Shavatam Yishma V'yashim, that's level one. Shomer Hashem et Kolavav, Vet Yashim Yashmi is level two. The top, the, the level one, the lower level, I should say level two. Level two is the lower level. Those are people who fear Hashem. When they scream out, then Hashem saves them. The next level is Shomer Hashem et Kolavav. Those people don't have to actually cry out because those people are watched to begin with. Those people, Hashem just watches them because they love Him and they serve Hashem through love. And Hashem will uh, obliterate the wicked. And how does He point out here? He says means that Hashem is going to obliterate the Rishayim from before the Ohabav. Not that Hashem is shomeret kol avav, and he 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 uh, he uh, obliterates general all wicked people. No, the wicked people who would come and try to get in the way of the righteous people. The I, I wrote down here that the Rokeach points out. No, I'm sorry. The 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 Hasidic Ashkenaz point out that Yashmid is bigmatria 364. There's Gemara Yoma Daf Chaf Amud Aleph. Gemara says that the word Hasatan is Gematria 364. Ami Barhama says, why? He says, because the Satan only has 364 days a year where he's allowed to prosecute. On Yom Kippur, he's not allowed to prosecute. So Yashmid is also 364, because even the Satan of Mashchit, he only has 364 days where he's allowed to be Yashmid. Every other day he's not allowed to be uh, Yashmid. Okay. Tihilat Hashemid Pi. This is the last pasuk of of the Tilim. Vanachnu Varaka is actually added. So Tilat Hashem, Shir Hakatuv Tilat Hashem Dabar Pila Olam, Kitilat Hashem Ainla Tachlit, Vilcheni Dabar Pila Olam, because Hashem's praise has no end, therefore my mouth will speak forever. Ki ain't sofli Tilat, because praise, there's no end to, to praising Hashem. Vilchen, Kol Basar, Ivarech Shem Kodcho, and therefore. It ends with, um, it says, and therefore all flesh or living things will praise Hashem's name. That even though they won't understand God's essence, they'll still praise His name. Meaning whenever we use the, the, the name shame, whenever we speak about Hashem's name, we say shame is luzulat, shame is for others to recognize another person, that we, we might not be able to praise God Himself, but we'll be able to praise His name or how He presents Himself to us. Just like as we explained to the Malbim in Kuf Gimel, which is in Barchinafshi, that there's an ability of the created to praise the Creator through His name, but not through His essence itself, because He gives us a name, which is to, to speak of Him by, in order so that we could relate to Him and speak to Him. The last pasuk is, And with this we'll end. So this pasuk was added 
from Kuf Tet Vav Pasuk Chet. It's added here for two reasons. Number one is because we said last week that saying Ashrei once a day or three times a day with Kavanah can be maftiach you that you're going to receive Olam Abba. So we say, we end it with a pasuk that's going to remind us of this idea. From this world to the next world, hallelujah. We, we remind ourselves that the Sukhut of Ashrei is going to bring us from this world into Olam Abba. The second reason, most obviously, is because it ends with the word hallelujah, and it wants to bridge or begin a, uh, a beginning of, it wants to begin, to make a beginning, so to speak, of the Halilukas. Why? Well, the Rabbeinu Abraham Gaon says that there's an idea called the Shalshulei Halilukah Batar Halilukah, that the, that the end of every parak should um, basically, uh, the end should be the beginning of the first. That they should connect, they should chain together, link, Halilukah, 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 Halilukah. So all of the, even from the Rishonim and, and the Mekwalim point out that there are ten Halulukas, uh, there's ten, sorry, five Halulukas and uh, Mizmorim which begin with Halulukah and end with Halulukah. Therefore, there's ten words Halulukah. And they say that it's important that there should be ten Halulukas. Say the Mikulalim, this is because it alludes to the ten Sefirot. So obviously we're adding an, another one here because sometimes there's ten, sometimes there's eleven different configurations as we know. So Shla asks a very basic question, what's, what's going on here? He says, we've already told me this stuff about the Sefirot ten times. You told me that Baruch Shammar has ten, has ten Baruchs for, for the ten Sefirot. You told me that there's ten Mizmarim for the ten Sefirot. You told me that there's ten uh, Halalukas for the ten Sefirot. When is it going to end? How many uh, <laughs> uh, uh, times are, are, is there going to be an illusion or a Tikkun? For the tense of Hirot. And so he answers that we should understand here is that in the Olam Hayyitzirah, in this world of formation, there's many different tikkunim happening. There's many different partsufim or configurations of the Sefirot. And for each one of these configurations and tikkunim, there's a different set of, of um, Mizmarim or tikkunim that is happening. He says, I can't explain all of it. But uh, trust me, <laughs> when we actually happen to see, we spoke about this, uh, when we spoke about the structure of tefillah, that very often the tefillah will have a fractal-like design, that there's patterns within patterns within patterns. Whenever, whenever we choose, whenever the, the Sidor will choose a pattern, it'll just generally, you'll see that pattern exist within itself as well. So you'll have a pattern for a format, and within the pattern, the pattern is repeated. So if there's 10 Mizmarim, within those 10 Mizmarim, there's going to be 10 Halulukas. And within that, and within the, the bracha, there's going to be ten baruch shamars, uh, baruchs. So this is a, a, an idea of structure which we introduced earlier, which is a fractal-like design uh, where structures repeat themselves within the structures that repeat themselves within the structures that repeat themselves. So that baruch Hashem is ashrei with the pirush of the malbim. Baruch Hashem, I have to block the microphone here. Sorry if I did. I'll have to listen to it later and figure out how bad that was. Um, <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, and Bezrat Hashem, next week we will continue with the Hallelu. Uh, uh, first one, Hallelujah, Hallelina Fshiat Hashem. And we will continue to, either we'll introduce it or we'll look at the text itself and we will um, get some more depth into what the Vidamel is telling us. Bezrat Hashem. Okay.